This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Iron. The Arizona Cardinals select Kyler Murray. And the 2019 Offense Rookie of the Year is... This year's most valuable player, Lamar Jackson. All right, guys, welcome back to the Established Pass podcast presented by Clutch Points and our friends at Blue Hour. I'm your host, Blake Lovell. With me is my co-host, Dylan Reagan, and we're back here for another exciting stroll through the week that was in the NFL. And, uh, Dylan, unlike uh, many weeks, uh, you know, we're actually watching a game right now because we're recording in the afternoon. Of course, there's always a Monday night game, but uh, there is an afternoon uh, edition of football as we are sitting here watching the Chiefs and Bills play uh, in the middle of a monsoon or some sort because uh, it is a very wet game there in Buffalo. Yeah, I'll do my best to limit my reactions while we record. <laughs> Def- just hoping this uh, maybe is the new game of the week because our game of the week did not live up to the, uh, the hype. Hopefully this one will. Yeah, it did uh, Did not. And we will start there, as always, as we run through. Uh, of course, we made our picks for all the games, and uh, we have them placed in their individual categories, Game of the Week, Betting Locks, Upsets, and Quick Picks. We start, as always, with the Game of the Week, which we chose as the Packers at the Bucks, and it was not the Game of the Week, as Dylan said, uh, because this was a game that was, quite frankly, not very close, as the Bucks win by four touchdowns, 38-10, to 10, and uh, 38 unanswered points. You don't see that very often in NFL games, but... After the Packers jumped out to a 10 nothing lead, it was all Bucks uh, from there on out as they scored four touchdowns in the second quarter alone. Um, Dylan, we had a Rob Gronkowski sighting. Uh, this was uh, an interesting game here, and, I mean, we kind of talked about it going in. You know, I picked the Bucks here. I just sort of mm-hmm. felt like this was a game they win. Obviously, I didn't think they'd win the way that they did. But now that we've seen the Packers lose, because that was one of your things, was it's really hard to pick against the Packers until they actually lose. Uh, what stood out uh, about this game to you? Well, it's easily the best defense they've faced all season. So, I mean, they it looked like they were going to be fine early on, obviously taking that 10-0 lead. And then, yeah, obviously the two interceptions put Tampa Bay right back in the game, taking the lead shortly after. And from there, yeah, I was mostly impressed with Tampa Bay. I mean, obviously the Bears game, we kind of said it was probably more fluky than anything. I'm not shocked that they came back and played really well here. I'm, I'm more disappointed in what Green Bay was able to do on offense. Like, I know... We've, we've talked about how we're concerned about their defense, and that is the one thing that ultimately for them, and even when we talk about the Seahawks, both teams have defenses that are capable easily of giving up 30-plus points, and they have consistently. This isn't really outside of what we've seen from the Packers' defense game to game. They've had quite a few performances where they've given up a lot of points. Uh, it's just more on the flip side for them to face a, a dominant defense, and we saw this a bit last year where they face these really physical, uh, uh, speedy defenses and not have success, and there was again, so... Obviously, the Bakhtiari injury plays a role, but, I mean, that's not the only thing. It, it was def- They just looked outmatched. And it's only one game, so I'm not going to be completely discouraged if you're Green Bay. But I think for Tampa, it is something, especially after that Bears game, where you feel like you probably should have won. You come back, you win this one. I think it's a, a real big momentum builder for them and for them to really see what they are capable of because, yeah, they – they're one of these teams that if the offense can't operate at this level, the defense is elite, and it's it's definitely on the level, if not better than last year so far this season. So all good things for Tampa Bay moving forward. Yep, uh, doing a really good job there, as we know, with that defense. We've talked about Todd Bowles, of course, and what he's been able to do since he came there. And I don't know. I mean, you get away from the Jets, and good things happen. And speaking of the Jets, uh, it is that time of week again where we get to completely just talk about the Jets and have some fun with it. Because uh, I went back to the just 
tried tradition that just simply has not failed to this point, and that is picking against the Jets when it comes to the betting lots of the week. Dylan, the streak continues um, as uh, your dog is very excited about this, and uh, I'm sure mine will be making an appearance here shortly. But the Dolphins, uh, they take care of business, and as we sort of laughed about, it's crazy to think that uh, we're picking the Dolphins as a betting lot, but that tells you exactly where the Jets are. A complete domination from the uh, Dolphins, 24 to nothing. The Jets had no chance in this one. Uh, it was over when the game started, and I just, you know, but what can we say, Dylan? The streak continues, at least for me, when it comes to the betting locks. Yeah, no, I was happy that you stuck with the Dolphins. I kind of <laughs> talked about it on the last podcast that I think this is the time where you, you commit to them and for them to live up to that and play up to, you know, what we kind of expect from them, which, you know, we don't expect the Dolphins to necessarily be a playoff team, but we expect them to beat uh, teams like the Jets that are much worse than them. And sure enough, they took care of business. The defense, obviously, anytime you get a shutout, you're going to be happy with what they did. But uh, just overall, in terms of the game, I mean, it's Joe Flacco. It's just, it's, it's Adam Gase. It's, it's the same thing we're kind of used to at this point. The Jets' defense is fine, but it's not going to be able to do enough when their offense can't put any points on the board and consistently puts them in really bad situations. Just an ugly kind of game. But, yeah, not surprised Miami easily covered so yeah you stay undefeated uh, a much more clean betting lock than my one as we get to in a second all right we're looking ahead before we get to yours uh we're watching the bills play right now the bills opened as 10 and a half point favorites against the jets next week it's already up to 12 and a half this is going a little high for my liking so i may not be going to the bills we'll see we'll see when we make our picks later in the week but um Right now, I don't know. That's that's a lot of points, but uh, man, yeah. Jets, the Jets are bad. So uh, we'll see if I go back to that one. But you somehow miraculously managed to con- you know convert on yours as well here, as you picked the Titans minus three at home against the Texans. Uh, we both picked the Titans in this one. Obviously, we both picked the Dolphins as well. Uh, but man, this was uh, clearly there was a lot of wild games uh, on Sunday, but this was just a completely crazy scenario here. Um, this is kind of one of those games where you look at it, and if you're the Texans, man, uh, you think about everything that they've already done this season. They fired their coach. Mm-hmm. Now they come into a game like this where you can hand the Titans their first loss, and then to see the game play out the way that it did there at the end, and then to have the Titans win in overtime. Texans dropped to one and five. Titans are still unbeaten at five and zero. Oh. I mean, I don't know. There's nothing else I can say at this point, Dylan. I I hate to say this because Titans fans are going to probably yell at me and say, "Why did you say that?" But the Titans are the real deal. I mean, they're 5-0. and um, Ryan Tannehill, four touchdowns. Derrick Henry, just a monster performance. 212 yards on the ground, two touchdowns. This was just – it was not a game. The Titans felt like they should have won, but uh, we're going back to that theme you brought up so many times. Titans just keep winning close games. Yeah, and, and Ryan Tannehill continues to look fantastic. And it's just – I know we, we – I really do feel like we're early on that in terms of believing that how big of a pickup that could be for Tennessee leading up to last season. He just continues to play at such a high level, fits perfectly in with his offense. And, yeah, I mean, they, it obviously was not a comfortable betting lock game. I was, I was following it more than most of the nine games because I knew that I had this – I need to keep my own streak uh, and just my own uh, really positive record here going well. Um, and, I mean, obviously the, the two turnovers are the reason really Houston stays in the game, both of them leading to points and allowing Houston to really stick with them. I mean, the total yardage – uh, Tennessee has the most yards they've ever had in franchise history going back to Houston when they were the Oilers. So, I mean, their offense was cooking it. And outside of those two turnovers, they, out, they outgained Houston by basically 200 yards. So, I mean, they for everything that, that we have, I have concerned, at least with Tennessee's defense, still it's still not the the most stout unit, and we saw that again. And obviously, Deshaun Watson at any point, if he's if he's cooking and he's on fire, uh, the Texans are still going to be able to put up points, but. Um, I think the Titans' defense, that's still a concern for me moving forward. They continue, yeah, I don't know. It's hard to gauge because they're undefeated. I think next week will be a really interesting game against yeah. Pittsburgh uh, because, I mean, they keep winning, right, but they every game is a one-score game, basically. <laughs> so it's hard outside of the, the dominated victory a week ago. Uh, so, I mean, it's just hard to really know for sure what team this is, um, but I do believe in their offense. I don't think this is something that's going to slump. So, um, you know, they're not – and the, they're not quite still for me on that Chiefs kind of Ravens level, but I, I, they're getting closer. And I think beating Pittsburgh next week would be a, a huge factor in me putting them kind of on that echelon at least or close to it. Well, that sound you heard is Dylan uh, starting to buy into the Titans even more. And it's also the sound of me 
jumping off the Cleveland Browns bandwagon because uh, I'm done, done with them, Dylan. That's it. I can't do it. Um, this was this was what I needed to see. Uh, this was my pick for the upset of the week. Uh, Steelers were three and a half point favorites going into this one, and mm. let's just say it was not pretty. Um, this was complete domination uh, by the Steelers, 38 to seven winners. Uh, and now we look at the Browns, and just like I said going into this, I said, all right, what is the sample size we have? for the Browns on the road against good teams. Well, the previous one was a 38-6 loss against the Ravens, and now they add to that with a 38-7 loss mm-hmm. to the Steelers. So, I mean, at this point, they've beaten arguably three bad teams in the Bengals, Washington, the Cowboys, and I don't know, like the Colts are kind of in that middle range, I guess. Mm-hmm. But they haven't beaten a great team, and when they played the two best teams on their schedule, they've gotten completely blown out. Uh, so that is a little bit worrisome for me uh, for this Browns team. Although, when you look ahead at their schedule, <laughs> there's yeah, not, a lot, not, the a, not a lot of great teams left on there. So they could actually you know, wind up getting the double-digit wins uh, pretty easily, maybe. Uh, but uh, still, I don't know that I, I just can't buy into them when they lose a game like this. Yeah, the schedule, like you said, I was, I was going to point that out exactly. That's the one reason if you're a Browns fan, you're still feeling good because you really do not have a murderer's row by any means of competition until you get to the Titans and Ravens and then one more game against the Steelers. But, man, otherwise it's it's got to be one of the easiest schedules we're yeah. getting in the NFL, I have to believe. So that's the one thing you got going. But, yeah, I picked the Steelers. Did not anticipate they'd win, obviously, this easily. This was our co – you know, going into this, this is like our co-game of the week, the one <laughs> yeah. that we kind of talked about possibly being uh, up there. And uh, another one that just did not live up to it. I Again, I, I thought Pittsburgh would win, but it's just the way they won was not necessarily what I anticipated. It's, it's not like they dominated in terms of yards. They only outgained Cleveland by 57 yards in this one. Obviously, the two turnovers make a big uh, impact. And really, the third down efficiency – and fourth down efficiency just Browns are just awful they converted one third down out of 12 0 for three on fourth down they were moving the ball fine sometimes and then they just could not keep those drives going meanwhile Pittsburgh basically converted every single thing they had so it got it got away from them really quickly and from there yeah Baker just I I don't know it's we yeah we've seen them play really well against bad defenses but sure enough the two good teams again that they face two good defenses at least because uh, the Colts win, and honestly, how they played against the Colts definitely decreases the value when you see what they put up, and even though they won, we'll get to that game shortly against the Bengals, but it did not look pretty for them. So, uh, yeah, definitely a little more discouraged on the Browns. The schedule, the one redeeming factor for Pittsburgh, yeah, still undefeated. So that Titans-Steelers uh, game, that might be one of the our games of the week. We'll see, but definitely one I'm looking forward to. Yeah, it wasn't all good for the Steelers, of course. They lost Devin Bush uh, for the season with a, a torn ACL, and that's, that's not ideal for that defense. Uh, at all but um you know i guess the good thing is they're obviously pretty deep on defense but uh losing someone like that not not ideal uh certainly given the the type of player he is but uh, we'll see how they continue to move forward there uh, of course our other pick for the upset of the week uh, is a game that has not happened yet uh, dylan I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you another chance here we look at this we're doing this on the fly uh cardinals at the cowboys uh, you're picking the cowboys how are you feeling about that pick uh, going into the game um i mean the, the line has moved Towards my pick, it was two and a half when we we made our predictions last Wednesday, and now here we are on Monday, and it's it's moved from two and a half to Dallas being favored by one. So technically, the it wouldn't be an upset anymore, but yeah. <laughs> I still have the Cowboys winning this game. So um, I, I guess right. the money that's it's kind of like teams and uh, like the Lakers and the Yankees and teams like that. I feel like with the Cowboys, where you're always going to have the line be a little skewed just based on how many people are putting money on those kind of teams. Yeah. So maybe that's the reason. I feel like this is this is worthy of almost being a pick'em. I, you know, if I could feel I feel a little bit better maybe about having the Cardinals as my pick just because Dallas we haven't really seen. Uh, this defense do anything this year. I think it's going to be a good game, and I, I, I'm curious, and I do think Andy Dalton in this offense, as we talked about last time, has a chance to do something big here. So, and still, you know, maybe obviously they're not going to put up the numbers that Dak was putting up at a record-setting pace, but I anticipate Andy fitting in fine with them and uh, them still having at least uh, an ability to post some points here. Well, I did pick up Andy Dalton in our Clutch Points League, so uh, <laughs> we'll see if anyone's laughing at me about that. Uh, and when they listen to this episode uh, on Tuesday. But uh, there you go. I still feel pretty confident about my Cardinals pick. We'll see what happens uh, in that. But uh, before we talk about a little bit more fantasy football later on and discuss uh, the rest of our picks uh, from the week and how those unfolded, let's talk to you about Indeed. Because even though sports had a break, 
your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever, and Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com, the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, and you can pause your account at any time. No long-term contracts either. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, just like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means you'll get more quality candidates fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. It's their best offer available anywhere. Go right now, Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. And let's talk to you about our friends over at Pepsi. Uh, Thanks to a lack of natural athleticism or commitment or overbearing sports parents, uh, fewer than 1% of 1% of 1% of people will ever play professional football. But instead of entering the NFL, they've joined another league, the League of Fantasy Football Watchers. This football season will be different, and Pepsi is here to get you ready for game day, no matter how you watch. Obviously, here on the podcast, we're always excited to watch our favorite teams, which, uh, depending on what week it is, it could consist of a couple or about ten. Uh, right now, I'd say uh, Dylan has the Rams, the Bills, and I've got the Dolphins and some of these other teams, uh, and, of course, the entire AFC South. So to do that and to actually get through those games, uh, we use Pepsi because Pepsi is the refreshment you need to power through any game day because Pepsi isn't made for those who play the game. It's made for those who watch it. Pepsi, made for football watching. All right, let's go to the Bears who, I don't know, Dylan. I mean, this team is Super Bowl bound at this point. Uh, they're 5-1. and one. Um, They are much better than I thought they would be. But I guess I'm still, there's <laughs> just still something about the Bears. I'm just not. I know they're 5-1. and one. I mean, after this win against the Panthers, 23-16. to 16, But I just, I still don't know what to make of the Bears. <laughs> like, I just, I don't. Like, I still have no idea what to think of this team, even though they're sitting here at 5-1. and one. Yeah, uh, Football Outsiders Aaron Schatz uh, answered the question that they are not the worst 5-1 and one team in DVOA <laughs> history, despite some uh, uh, some belief they are. That actually, the Bills from last year, which is interesting enough, were um, not not ranking insanely well. But yeah, they're. Uh, I don't know. I think we're going to learn a lot more when they over the next uh, stretch of games. They get the Rams on Monday night coming up, the Saints, the Titans after the Vikings, they get the Packers. So they got some tougher games coming up. But I, I do think there's things to be encouraged by again with their defense. They even, you know, obviously they find a way to beat this Tampa Bay offense. It looked a heck of a lot better, uh, you know, this week against the against the Packers. And I know that's a, a huge difference. But I, I just I, – I'm not convinced because of the offense, right? Like that's the same same reason we haven't been convinced that the Bears uh, since going into last season when we didn't predict them to make the playoffs despite going 12-4 and in 2018. And sure enough, they did not. And the offense faltered. The, the defense kind of regressed. But the – Defense seems to be a bit better. They Obviously, the turnovers were the story of this game. Otherwise, they may have lost. I mean, the, the Panthers outgained them. And the, but the Bears just, again, they continue to convert on third downs and getting early uh, early um, uh, success on first and second downs. So they're not really having a ton of third and longs, which was an issue consistently last season for Chicago. So uh, they were 50% on third down uh, yesterday. And overall, yeah, just did enough. <laughs> and, again, they just – Find a way to win another one-score game. It's another reason why, um, you know, in terms of us looking at the whole league, it's just they're probably going to regress a bit. They continue to beat teams that aren't great, not DVOA high-ranking uh, teams um, in one-score games. So when they get to this better competition, I feel like we'll learn a lot more. But, hey, DVOA right now, uh, as we always say, it's early in the year. It's a, as you get more games, it's going to be more and more accurate, and as we're seeing with some of these results the last couple of weeks. So, hey, maybe the Bears will turn around. If they continue to beat teams like Tampa Bay, they're going to really have a lot more people talking about them, not just, you know, we we can believe whatever we want, but <laughs> with, with seven teams getting into the playoffs on each side, yep. uh, it's only a, they don't probably only need four more wins here over the, the next ten games to get into the playoffs. Well, they look a little better than their NFC North counterparts, which we're going to talk about here in consecutive games. Uh, the Lions did get a win uh, at the mm-hmm. Jazz. Uh, that I guess probably saved Matt Patricia's job, depending on where you what you read uh, leading into that game on Sunday. 34 to 16, the Lions win it. Uh, DeAndre Swift, pretty good game there. Uh, 14 carries, 116 yards, two touchdowns. 
But the Jags, more of the same. Just uh, they're not built to win right now. We know that. They're probably going to be in the running, you know, for that number one pick, uh, although the Jets are the clear leaders in the clubhouse right now. Uh, but, I mean, I guess it's a win for the Lions. I, you know, they're still not a great team, but uh, you'll, mm-hmm. you'll take a win just because, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't know if some Lions fans wanted them to win. They probably would have preferred <laughs> them lose and make a coaching change, but uh, it's not like you're going to go out and, and hire someone uh, right this second anyway. So uh, Lions move to two and three, still not a great team. Yeah, it's it's a game that it's hard to really have too many takes away takeaways from. It, it's the opposite though of the Bears in terms of we talk about them and their early down success rate and how that's really really helped in terms of their third down uh, percentages. The Lions completely the opposite, still being at times even with how well Swift played yesterday and overall the running game looked pretty good against a really bad Jacksonville young Jacksonville defense, but uh, they still got into a lot of long third downs, did not convert that many. They, they were two for two on fourth down. Um, obviously, that played a bigger role in this game, becoming an 18-point result rather than a closer game. But overall, for the Lions, not sure what we learned. Jacksonville, same thing that, you know, after that initial excitement from early in the year, this is more what we anticipated going into the season, why we thought they were a team that were going to be in the, the running for Trevor Lawrence. But it, honestly, at this point, I know we already talked about the Jets, but one win might be too many to, to get that number one pick. Well, I'll tell you what else we learned uh, in this week in the NFL. The Vikings stink. They're terrible. Um, that's what we learned as well. So that's, that's not in fantasy. Hey, they, they put well, up fantasy points. That's all uh, they do. That is true. I will say that because as someone who picked up Justin Jefferson uh, when he was just kind of dangling out there a couple weeks ago, that has been probably my biggest pickup in any league thus far is getting Justin Jefferson because um, if they keep playing like this, this guy's going to have a lot of opportunity uh, whenever they're trailing by three touchdowns. But um, this was just, man, what a mess. And the Vikings are 1-5 now. The Falcons are 1-5, easily the two most disappointing teams, I'd say, maybe over the past couple seasons in the NFL right yeah. here, uh, battling it out, and uh, they're both still in a bad spot. But I don't know. Like the Vikings, just unbelievable. I mean, I, I think you look at them and to see them sitting there at one and five, they're zero and three at home. And I know we talked about it, like home foot advantage isn't what it was, you know, the past. Yeah. I mean, because again, the circumstances are different, but it's just they're just bad. Like they're just not good. And I mean, that's just it's very disappointing. It has to be for Vikings fans. I mean, you and I, we picked them to win this division. Clearly, that's not going to happen. I'd be lucky to even get to 500 at this point. Um, but, I mean, for the Falcons, we've also brought up before, I mean, give them credit for bouncing back. But we've seen this so many times where a team, after they make a coaching change, they come out kind of reinvigorated, and then all of a sudden they go back to what they used to be. I don't know. I mean, we've said it. Like, the Falcons still have a lot of talent. And so it wouldn't surprise me if they, they win some games the rest of the way. But um, still, I just this was a battle between two teams that have got to get a lot figured out if they're going to be back uh, to being contenders like they were, you know, several years ago. Yeah, as much as I want to have hope for the Falcons to turn around and make something interesting out of this season, they still have to face the Saints twice. They still yeah. have to face the Bucks twice. They have to play in Kansas City. We talked about that before this season. Their schedule is brutal. And, you know, hey, they win this one. But like you said, the Vikings are just so disappointing. And, again, I'm still hitting myself for not, you know, looking at the defense and how much turnover there was. I just I just kind of believed in what Mike Zimmer has done so many years there in Minnesota. They're going to be able to figure it out. But this defense is a mess. Clearly, I know Atlanta has some uh, solid offensive talent that just hasn't really – uh, gotten the job done completely this season. Uh, but, man, they, they looked like they had no problem moving the ball, converted all their fourth downs or converting over 50% of their third downs. It was it was ridiculous how much Minnesota how Minnesota's defense seemed to be just scrambling at all times in this game. They continue to turn over the ball. I know Kirk Cousins still puts up a pretty solid fantasy performance uh, despite uh, throwing three picks because of all the yards and touchdowns he throws. But I think the most staggering thing from this game outside of that, I mean, they should have <laughs> done better against one of the worst secondaries in the NFL, one of the worst de- passing defenses in the NFL. But they couldn't run the ball. I mean, Minnesota, if they've done anything well this season, they're second in, they're going into the week, they were second in DVOA in running the ball efficiency. And they just ran the ball 13 times for 32 yards against the damn Falcons. Like, no. come on, man. It's how yeah, I know you don't have Dalvin Cook, but I mean, Madison and mm. Boone, we, they've, for other weeks, they've looked completely fine against other teams. And Atlanta's defense, for how bad they are defending the pass, they're not quite as bad defending the run, but I mean, you got to do it better than that. And that that's the one thing that stuck out for me. I'm like, if Minnesota can't defend and run the ball, I mean, that's what their their brand of football is. So what what is your identity at this point? It's going to be a, a long season, I feel like, for them. Yeah, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, Calvin Ridley, and Justin Jefferson, those are going to be – 
fantasy MVPs the rest of the way if these two teams keep yeah. playing like this because both of them are going to be playing from behind, yeah. and uh, those are going to be the guys I think you're going to want, which obviously you're not going to be able to get. But if you have them on your team, uh, forget the forget the actual NFL record uh, fantasy-wise. Mm-hmm. Those guys are going to help you uh, for sure. But uh, two teams that probably aren't going to help you fantasy-wise, and if you're a fan of the Falcons and the Vikings, this tells you all you need to know. The Falcons and the Vikings uh, now have the same record as Washington and the Giants, uh, who played to a 20-19 game here. The Giants get their first win of the season. Uh, was not pretty, and as we said, Dylan, this was not a game that was going to be uh, all over the NFL Red Zone channel. Uh, it was not really one that probably got a ton of ton of interest uh, outside of Giants and Washington fans. Um, but, uh, I mean, again, this, we, we said this going into our picks for the week. Like, there were just some games that no matter what the outcome was, you probably wasn't really going to be mm. able to tell a whole lot. Uh, that was probably the same with the Dolphins-Jets, with the Lions-Jags. And I think this is the same thing. Like, I mean, these are just two bad teams, and uh, they're doing what they can at this point. Yeah, the best call we made on this was this was going to be a game that was going to be the under, under yeah. 43 points. We yeah, got a little closer, too close for comfort there. But uh, And if Washington doesn't miss a field goal early in the game, it's going to be much closer. But, man, yeah, that, I mean, that kind of was the difference. I mean, it, it wasn't a pretty game. It's two teams that aren't great. Washington did outgain the Giants by over or by almost 100 yards. They were both pretty good on third downs, really, all things considering. Yeah. But, yeah, it was, I mean, really the missed field goal early, that could have been the difference because otherwise it was pretty much it's just two teams that are one and five. There's a reason we, we don't believe in these teams. It's, it's sad at the fact that we don't know if they're really the two worst teams given how bad the Eagles have looked. But, uh, man, I, I mean, obviously they did make the comeback. We'll get to that in a sec. But not, not a lot to take away other than what we already kind of knew about <laughs> Both teams and uh, yeah. the you know Redskins defense or Washington defense. I maybe I expected a bit more from them against a really bad Giants offensive line. That's why I picked Washington to get the upset. Obviously, if they just convert a, a fourth or a, a two point conversion, they do get the win. But uh, yeah, it was just not a ton to take away. It's just that we know these teams have so much to work on on both sides of the ball. Uh, the only unit that's really uh, we expect anything from week to week should be Washington's defense. Well, the uh, the state of the NFC East, as we've said many times, not great. Um, mm-hmm. At this point, I'm even wondering if we have someone with a losing record that gets in. Uh, maybe if it's the Cowboys are probably the best bet uh, at this point yeah. based on the results. Of the Ravens and the Eagles, um, of course, the Ravens get the win here, 30-28. to 28. I, I know you kind of look at the – you watch the game play out and you kind of see all the different things, but let's just keep in mind here. You know, the Eagles scored 22 of those points in the fourth quarter. Uh, I know this wound up being a close game, but to me, honestly, like it just it never felt in doubt. Like I just never felt to that point where the Ravens were going to lose this game. Um, and mm-hmm. now the Eagles are sitting there 1-4-1. One, and one. They're dealing with Miles Sanders seemingly out probably a couple weeks. Zach Ertz out multiple weeks. Dallas Goddard's still out. Uh, injuries all across the board for the Eagles. Not going to get any easier here moving forward aside from just getting the, to play the games in the NFC East, I guess. Uh, that's the one positive yeah. they have. Uh, but otherwise, uh, this is pretty much a lost season for the Eagles at this point. Yeah, it's you know, like you said, the only reason for optimism has to be the fact that they play in this division. It's it's really staggering looking at football outsiders' projections for the playoffs, where most teams have some combination of like division uh, title odds and wild card odds, and then in the NFC East, it's just division odds. It's like Dallas has like a 0.9 percent chance of getting a wild card berth, Philadelphia 0.6 percent. Yeah. So it's pretty it's pretty dire for them. I will say the last two weeks, and I, we didn't anticipate them really to, and really the last three weeks going into the Niners. Uh, Steelers, Ravens stretch did not yeah. anticipate them to win any of those games. Of course, they did beat the 49ers. They really, I mean, by the end of this game, the fact they even came back and made it close, the Steelers game was pretty close for stretches. It makes me a little more encouraged when I look at their schedule coming up. They get the Giants two of the next three, uh, the Cowboys, which uh, we don't really know again what we're getting with that defense week to week. They have some game, some winnable games, some other tough games, but hey, it's, it's probably only going to take like six, seven wins. Like you said, I, I don't anticipate a, a winning record from and these teams, if anything, a, a 500 record for uh, Dallas, maybe Philadelphia, <laughs> the best I could hope for might be seven, eight and one. And you hope that's good enough. Even then that's going to take a lot, but uh, yeah, the Ravens, I mean, they, they win this game, but I don't know how great you feel after that comeback. Like you, you yeah. felt for a lot of that game, they're just dominating. But in the second half, you, you get outscored 28 to 13. That's not, uh, that's not, I know it's, they still win the game, but if you, I'm sure going into this week, they're not, their coaching staff, everyone's not going to be pretty pleased with how that second half went. And that kind of uh, just 
uh, lack of urgency it felt like honestly watching I was like it kind of forgot about the game after the first half because I was like this is a blowout Baltimore's going to easily take this one we got nine games on at once I want to focus some others and next thing you know it's just Philadelphia working back into it and looking back over the game but yeah Baltimore's defense just didn't look as engaged the offense had some mistakes they just weren't converting plays that we used, are used to from them it's nothing to be overly worried about for Baltimore but and you get the win but definitely not as uh, as comfortable as you would have liked yeah they get the week off and then they get that that important stretch where they play the Steelers the Colts the Patriots Titans Steelers again so um, that's going to be a pretty important five game stretch but really the rest of the way after that their schedule gets pretty pretty soft mm-hmm. and uh they should be able to at least probably go at least go four and one down the stretch honestly so um that they like you said maybe they regroup here and uh they get some things figured out and then come back uh, for that showdown with the Steelers on November the 1st but uh let's look at the Colts and the Bengals uh, that was another one that was a wild game uh the Colts had to rally from way down um they got down 21 to nothing in this game and uh, they come all the way back, win at 31-27. You know, I thought the Bengals played better than I thought they would, but at the same time, Mm -hmm. uh, this is still a team that's struggling to actually learn how to win. And, um, you know, obviously a big win for the Colts here because you could not afford to lose this game uh, to the Bengals knowing kind of your schedule ahead. So uh, important win for the Colts. Yeah, a lot of tough games after the the Colts get the the Lions in their their next game after – uh, I believe a bye week here, but then uh, after that, yeah, it does get a lot tougher. Baltimore, they get Tennessee a couple times, they get the Packers, so it's it's not going to be easy for a big stretch there. Uh, I'm yeah, for a team that early in the year I was really high on what their defense had done. They really went, ranked well in DVOA. They were number one on defense in DVOA going into the week. I doubt that's going to be the case uh, when these are ranked or these are updated after the Monday night games because that first half was just brutal. It's kind of like last. I mean. It felt similar to a week ago when the Browns' offense dominated them in the first half. The second half of both games, the defense comes back, and you just wonder where you like where was that the whole first half? Yeah. It's like the story of two different defenses uh, these last couple of weeks. Um, the offense, I mean, this is the best Phil Rivers has looked all season. So, I mean, I, I guess that's a positive, but at the same time, it's against the Cincinnati defense, which <laughs> is not that great. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, Joe Burrow's still they – obviously they don't finish it, but I think you're still happy if you're a Bengals fan with how he's looked overall. And I know they, some of those drives you would have liked uh, some better results, especially in the second half. But um, I think, yeah, that's the one one redeeming factor on their side. And then for the Colts, it's you're 4-2. You're and two, But, I, I mean, right now I know I picked them to win the division over the Titans. But, uh, I, I mean, it's not just because they're undefeated. But Tennessee has looked so strong on offense. I, I just wonder if the Colts consistently can keep up scoring the ball. I don't know if they're going to be able to score like this against every defense. Obviously, Tennessee has their issues, but uh, they got some other tough games on the schedule where I'm just a bit worried about what we've seen from Indianapolis on the offensive side. Yeah, a lot of points put up on the board in that game, uh, Colts-Bengals, but uh, if you loved field goals, uh, that was not the game for you because this next one was, and that was the Broncos and the Patriots basically playing a field goal contest here um, outside of uh, a Cam Newton uh, touchdown I guess it was, what was it off a sneak, maybe? Um, yeah, yeah. Late, that was the sneak, yeah. Late in the fourth quarter with eight minutes left. Aside from that, you got a field goal. You got a field goal. Everybody got a field goal in this one. Um, and, Dylan, my question is this. Of course, the Broncos win this game 18-12. to 12, And, uh, obviously, a huge, I mean, just a massive disappointing loss for the Patriots. Yeah. I don't think there's any other way to spin it. Um, but my question is, I, we'd have to go way deep back in the stats for this one because I'm willing to bet that this has not happened in a long, long time. The last time a winning quarterback in New England, not on the Patriots, went ten of twenty-four and threw two touch or threw, threw two interceptions and still managed to win the game. Like that's just yeah, that's insane. I mean, it, it came down to New England being really sloppy themselves. Obviously, they're they're able to hold Denver to field goals, but those three turnovers on their side really set them back. I mean, the defense was constantly put in pretty bad situations. Made the best they could. I mean, if Obviously, I feel like against Denver's offense, New England probably felt like they could have a better result than 18. I, I think that's probably still something you'll take at the end of the day. They just have to put up more points. It's, it's could have been more disappointing for, obviously, Cam coming back for me in fantasy as well as a Cam uh, fantasy owner there. He ended up having a decent result. But, I, you know, you really expected a lot more from them in this game passing the ball. Denver's had some a pretty good run defense so far this year, but uh, – 
in terms of efficiency defending the pass. They've been a low average. So it was it was sloppy. It was a lot sloppier than I anticipated. Uh, but I, I don't I, I'm not too worried about the Patriots. Maybe in terms of um, you know what their their prospects are moving forward. If Cam can stay healthy, I still think they have a chance to be a playoff team in the AFC. But really, yeah, disappointing loss. It's no other way to put it because Denver's looked pretty brutal this year as we talked about um and and i really honestly didn't look all that great in this one i I know they made the plays on defense but it felt a little bit more like it was new england just playing down to the competition than anything right now afc standings of course we're we're talking about this as the bills game still going on but uh Mm -hmm. bills four and one dolphins three and three patriots two and three jets zero and six so uh it's the bills and dolphins division now so we'll see um, if that actually winds up being the case. Probably not. If you look at the Dolphins' schedule, I think their schedule is much tougher than the Bills or Patriots moving mm-hmm. forward. So, unfortunately for my Dolphins, uh, I think they're going to wind up uh, losing some games uh, the rest of the way. We'll see, though, yeah. uh, if they wind up winning this division. My bet, probably not. All right, speaking of disappointing, we get to wrap up here with uh, the Rams because I know this was a disappointing game for Dylan, <laughs> although the disappointment was at least offset by the elation of the uh, Dodgers advancing to the World Series. Uh, so <laughs> at least Dylan has that going for him. Of course, for me, uh, the Braves blowing a 3-1 lead, the worst lead in sports. I uh, can't say I'm surprised. But uh, 49ers beat the Rams 24-16. to uh, This was that game, man. We, we kind of said it going in. I mean, we, we did both wind up picking the Rams, but... This was one that you wanted to see a bounce back performance from the 49ers mm-hmm. after, you know, giving up 40 plus points to the to the Dolphins and that's what they did here. I mean, they were able to certainly slow down the Rams and uh, Jimmy G actually looked like an NFL quarterback, uh, three touchdowns, 268 <laughs> yards. Um, but uh, this was I mean, we kind of again, there's really not much more to it. Like we kind of said it. This was a game the 49ers basically had to win um and they did and so now obviously that makes things a lot more interesting now for them moving forward although as we know the injury situation and such uh still going to be difficult for them but uh, at least it seems like uh, getting this win gives them a little bit of momentum back yeah even with seattle's defensive woes i feel like it's clearly they're the team that's kind of on the top of this division even though we still believe in all these teams even arizona i think still has some good things going for them but i yeah the niners prove that they're you know, still to be reckoned with and still might be the second best team in this division, which if you listen to any talk shows or different things the last few weeks, they've kind of been talked about as if they're, you know, the are they the worst team in this division? I definitely don't believe that. They don't believe that. They show that in this game. Yeah, for Jimmy G's stats, they, they look fantastic against the Rams defense, which in the first half just looked abysmal. It was not putting any pressure on the passer. It was not basically letting them think and dunk down the field. There was a point where Jimmy G hadn't thrown a pass, I think, through the first quarter or something crazy with uh, pass the line of scrimmage. They were just really just – it was like run, screen, run, screen, and uh, it worked. And, yeah, the Rams' defense bounces back in the second half, only gives up three points. We've, we've kind of seen that, that from them this season a few times where they take a while to really get into gear. Uh, but the real reason they lose is the offensive sloppiness. It, Goff did not look good. One of one of his more disappointing games after he's played had a pretty strong beginning to the season. They ran the ball quite well, really. Um, it just got away from them a bit too early, and uh, obviously it really came down to just a few plays there towards the end where they obviously don't uh, convert. And on one of those second half, they got down into the uh, into the red zone on fourth down and goal, were not able to score, settled for a field goal in the at the time before that, and in the first half just not converting as well. So. Yeah, it was uh, uh, definitely a disappointing game for the Rams where we'll see how they respond. I'm not too concerned about them. With They still have a pretty tough schedule, but I, I do think they're going to bounce back and still have better efforts in this and still possibly be a playoff team. But the Niners, I, again, yeah, I, the defense, that was the biggest thing for me. Was I, I know Goff played pretty bad, but I still think they looked probably the best we've seen from them since maybe – I mean, outside of – you can't really take away a ton from their Jets and Giants victories, but – probably the best this defense has looked really against a, a solid opponent this season. Um, so that's one thing that they have to, to go for them. And, yeah, in terms of my own rooting interest, I, I, yeah, I watched this condensed game in the morning <laughs> today. I could not have cared less about it in the moment. As, yeah, the Dodgers are my favorite team of uh, not just in baseball, but of any of yeah. the sports league. So that's where my uh, – my heart definitely was last night. So I'm sorry about your Braves. No, I know nothing. Mm-hmm. I would have probably, you know, wished them well in the World Series if they had won. But uh, maybe next year for them, I guess. Yeah, uh, maybe next year, maybe the next 50 years. We'll see uh, what happens <laughs> there. But uh, yeah, not uh, 
not ideal for the Braves, but uh, there you go. There's a look at uh, the action uh, from this week that has been played thus far. As we said, we're sitting here still watching the uh, Chiefs and Bills, and as I look at the, the score here, Bills up 10-7. to 7. Uh, So we'll see if the Bills can hang on. We both picked the Chiefs in that one. But uh, before we wrap up the podcast, we are going to get back to our fantasy ways here. Talk a little bit about uh, some of the waiver wire choices here. And, uh, Dylan, obviously there are some guys that stand out. I want to bring up two guys in particular right away because they're kind of hovering near that 50% mark because this team had a bye. And that was uh, the Chargers who were on the bye. And uh, I think there's three guys in particular that are probably decent options maybe moving forward just to kind of have on your bench, uh, maybe even to start a couple of those guys. Justin Herbert, uh, someone quarterback-wise, I don't think he'd be a bad backup to have on your team. Maybe you can throw him in certain weeks, uh, depending on who they play. But then the two running backs, uh, Josh Kelly and uh, Justin Jackson, I think those two are both around. They're a little above 50% in ESPN leagues, but as someone like myself who uh, in one of my leagues dropped Joshua Kelly uh, during the bye mm-hmm. just to kind of you know have a little wiggle room to pick up some others, um, I don't think they're, they're bad choices moving forward because it does feel like, unfortunately – you don't really know which one of those guys, uh, running back wise, is going to get maybe the uh, the bulk yeah. of the work, and that's the biggest problem. But uh, I think even I don't know. Like I just feel like either just picking up one of them could at least give you an option there. Yeah, because the pickings at running back in particular are slim. Like there's guys that have had some decent performances. Benny Snell continues to get some uh, yeah. you know, opportunities there. But, like, there's people that were picking up Dearness Johnson hoping he'd have a bigger role. He was <laughs> right. awful this week. And there's just a lot of guys kind of like that were you know, out. Because we always look at for these waiver wire pickups, guys owned in less than 50% of leagues, uh, always looking at ESPN. And, yeah, the, the pickings of running back, like you said, those are probably some of the best options. Um, I think, yeah, Joshua Kelly in particular, still believe he can have a, a pretty big role there. I know Adrian Peterson's just a little bit over 50%, but if he is available, I don't think that would be a bad option. He continues despite. You know, the young guys they have, the other <laughs> options they have, a running back still continues to put up a decent target share in, ter- uh, in terms of touches there at the running back spot. I do think, yeah, Herbert is definitely a guy for a backup. I would love to have him as uh, in one of my leagues that, that only has uh, a pretty shallow bench. Most teams have one quarterback he's already owned. So if he's not owned in your league and you can have him on your bench, I'd feel pretty good about how Herbert's looked against some pretty solid defenses. He's And uh, we know the Chargers aren't going to be uh, running away with games, but it also means they're probably losing sometimes. He's going to continue to have to pass the ball for them to win. So uh, definitely a solid fantasy option. Wide receiver front, uh, my my suggestion is pick up any Eagles player you can find because uh, <laughs> they have so many injuries at this point. Um, with Deshaun Jackson, of course, and Zach Ertz is out now, and Alshon Jackson. Like, they're just – they got guys like so. Just pick up whoever's playing. Like that's the thing with the Eagles because they really don't have any choices at this point uh, when it comes to uh, to wide receivers in terms of just pass catchers. And so mm-hmm. uh, that's a route I would go, knowing that they do play in this division and uh, maybe eventually when some of these guys get back on the field, they can be options uh, as well. Two guys I want to point out here, and it's crazy that I'm going to the Jaguars, but they're another team uh, that's probably going to be playing from behind a lot. You have to keep that in mind. Like, teams that play from behind can be very valuable in fantasy because they're getting a lot of options. LaVisca Chenault, I know he didn't have many points this week, but my God, they are using him in any way possible Mm -hmm. uh, in in just a variety of ways. And he's someone that I am planning to target in one of my leagues just because, like, he's going to have some of those games where he's just going to put up a lot of points probably. Um, And so I feel like he's still out there. He's kind of under that 50% mark then Keelan Cole yeah. what on earth is this guy still doing out there 14 percent owned in ESPN leagues like he's become the guy I hate to say it like DJ Chark owner I, I really hate to say this but like he's someone that is getting targets I mean he's had at least five targets in every single game mm-hmm. uh, he's put up double digit fantasy points I want to say in four of their six or maybe at like 9.7 uh, maybe yeah. in week five but anyway look at it like that's pretty consistent to this point they play the Chargers this week uh, maybe not the most ideal matchup, and then they have a bye. But really, like, when you go forward, I mean, this – like, I look the rest of the way, I don't see another win on the Jack schedule anywhere. So <laughs> that means that they're going to have to put up – they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to have to put up a lot of pass attempts. So uh, Keelan Cole is someone I'd keep an eye on. Yeah, I always – for these waiver wire picks of receiver, I always look at target share. So that's why, like, a guy that might be a little trendy with how much Atlanta has to pass the ball is- Russell Gage, but yeah. his, his targets don't continue to be that high yet. 
Um, so that's one thing that's holding him back. But guys, uh, you didn't mention at least that I know that you have mentioned many times. And Preston Williams, his target share oh. continues to be really high uh, there in Miami. Another one, T. Higgins, his targets continue to bump up week to week to week in Cincinnati. He got eight this past game. Um, so yeah, Keelan Cole, obviously you did mention his target share really high. He had nine targets. Shark still at fourteen eight, so I wouldn't be too too concerned there for the Jags. But nonetheless. <laughs> A lot of guys that are really seeing the ball quite a bit. So, uh, yeah, I think with the opportunity this week for, in a lot of leagues, it's definitely going to come on the for uh, on the waiver wire. It's going to come at receiver because, yeah, there's a lot of guys just looking. Just go through and find, like, the trend. There's a lot of guys out there putting out stuff on, you know, trends of target shares. Uh, obviously, you can easily look up how many targets guys get to week to week um, as well. So uh, those are some of the best options, I think, at that. Uh, in terms of the Eagles guys, like, obviously, you said just anyone. Uh, <laughs> Travis Fulgham. Yeah. Like, man, like, he put up a pretty decent performance. And you talk about targets the last two weeks, 13 and 10. So there you go. Greg Ward's probably still out there. I don't know his percentage, but yeah. I assume he's still available. Yeah. Lower. Um, and a lot of leagues as well. So there's there's your options there in that department. By the way, I talked about picking up Andy Dalton earlier. You know who I dropped at the at the expense of picking up Andy Dalton. I couldn't believe I did it, but I, I had to drop Preston Williams because um, oh. I'm probably going to pick him back up. But but I at the time I was like I need a spot. I didn't want to drop Henry Ruggs. I was like this guy's probably going to be a superstar. Um, so I was like I'm going to drop him for now. So because uh, the Dolphins are on a bye this week, aren't they? Are they on a bye this upcoming um, week? Or? I'm not positive. I'll find out in a second Let's here. See. Maybe they are on a bye. Uh-huh. Yeah. So that was my thinking. Was that uh, okay? I'll drop him this week. Because I had a feeling they were going to have to run the ball a lot against the Jets. But uh, I think that's why I dropped him. I was like, I'll pick him up another time. But we'll see if Dylan snags him before I can get him back. Uh, we will see there. Uh, tight ends. Uh, well, we're looking at some of these others. Quarterback-wise, real quick, uh, Joe Burrow, uh, I yeah. think, probably one to look at still. He's kind of hovering under that that 50% uh, mark. And uh, Andy Dalton, as I said, I mean, we'll, we'll see. Like, this could be one of those things where, again, people are laughing at this podcast and on the drive-in to work tomorrow. Uh, talking about how we're talking up Andy Dalton. He may come out and throw four interceptions tonight uh, against the uh, Cardinals. We'll see. Tight ends, I I don't know, man. Like, I don't I don't like any of these choices that are still even under 50%. Um, I, I guess Dalton Schultz, there's another one. I mean, like, he's playing in this game, Cowboys and mm-hmm. Cardinals, maybe. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not – I'm not going down to some of these other guys. Like, I'm I'm sorry, Trey Burton. I know he had a, a – I'm just not going there. Like, I can't do it. <laughs> I'd still consider a quarterback, uh, Kirk Cousins. Just I know oh, he's no. been terrible. But, hey, and let, it depends on the opponent. And, I mean, he had one really bad fantasy game down there uh, <laughs> against Indianapolis when their defense is really clicking. But otherwise, I mean, his week-to-week, yeah. he hasn't had any, like, real bust weeks. Uh, same with Derek Carr is another guy that's kind of just, you know, you, you don't think about, but the Raiders throw the ball a ton. Their defense is awful. They they still have are running the ball decently well, but they've been more aggressive in early downs throwing. John Gerd's made that very clear uh, that he's taken shots that are more joking than anything about pro football focus guys asking what they think now that he's throwing early downs. So, hey, uh, it helps you if you're a Derek Carr owner. In terms of tight ends, real quick, it is it is bleak for sure. These <laughs> These guys that are under 50%, like the ones that aren't even that are just over are, are not putting up week to week great performances. Like yeah. I know Eric Ebron and Jimmy Graham have had games where they've scored touchdowns, but you're pretty much relying on on these guys to to make a play uh, in the end zone in the red zone because otherwise they're not really getting high target shares. I know Trey Burton just had a good week, but he's had quite a few weeks with really low uh, fantasy weeks. Uh, same with Darren Fells. There's a lot of boomer bust guys. That's kind of what the tight end. Uh, the tight end field's looking like. So I, I hope you have a, a number one tight end you really rely on, and otherwise you're not really having to worry about uh, playing a backup too much outside of a bye week because it's not uh, not pretty. Now, when I look at the defenses, I don't really love any of the defensives either just because if you look at the upcoming matchups, like I don't think aside from the Bills playing the Jets, like I just don't think there are any, any of those matchups that you look at and you're just like, oh, those are like just unbelievable matchups. So I even some of the defenses I would probably look at and say, eh, I don't, I don't really see a whole lot here. So uh, there you go. There's just some thoughts on some of the players that may be out there for you uh, on the waiver wire. I will throw in Dallas Goddard. We mentioned the Eagles. Uh, the problem is we don't know exactly when he'll be back. Um, but yeah. knowing that Zach Ertz is out it, probably close to a month, it seems like, 
I would I would see if Dallas Goddard's out there because again that's someone I dropped in hopes of just finding a way to get him back, uh, making sure no one else kind of thought about that. But uh, if he's out there, I would go ahead and pick him up because it does seem like he'll be back sooner rather than later, even if maybe it's mm-hmm. not this week. Um, so he's at least someone because even I mean look even when Zach Ertz comes back like ah. Uh, now, now Scott, it's like he's kind of proven to be a guy that, that may actually, you know, be, yeah. be the best on the team. So uh, I hate to say that about Zach Hurst, but just hasn't had a good season to this point. Uh, so uh, I, I'd keep an eye on Dallas Goddard there. So uh, there you go. There's some thoughts on uh, all those guys that are potentially out there. Uh, a lot of them Eagles, some of them Jaguars. And, uh, man, we're all over the board uh, when it comes to uh, potential options there for fantasy. But, Dylan, everything else uh, we've got going on over Clutch Points, keeping people up to date with everything going on in the NFL and uh, as we get ready to start a very unique uh, off season in the NBA. Yeah, you can find all of our uh, World Series games, yes. uh, all the NFL games that are still going in the Clutch Points app. You can follow those all in there. Obviously, no more NBA games, but yeah, we're kind of in this waiting period because NBA free agency was supposed to start, <laughs> I believe, yesterday, and now it's just—I uh, mean, it has been since uh, a, few, a longer into the bubble, but it's just kind of being pushed back without a yeah. just indefinitely without a date to finish. But we got all the rumors, all the all the free agency. Coverage covering all the best locations for all the free agents where they might end up. It's not the not the class of 2019 necessarily, but still a lot of uh, big names out there. So we got that all covered. And yeah, you can follow all of our NFL content on clutchpoints.com in the NFL section there, as well as fantasy content by searching fantasy football on the site. And I'll get you all the waiver wire pickups that we got coming out, our stardom sit articles, all that good stuff. So yeah, definitely excited for these two games. Uh, still, yeah, it's pretty close, pretty good game so far between the Chiefs and Bills. So hopefully we get two good ones tonight. Yeah, and I mentioned the World Series because I'm not acknowledging that there is a series <laughs> this season. So uh, check out everything over at Clutch Points except for the World Series. Uh, that's my suggestion to you uh but i'm just kidding check it all out over there and uh be sure to subscribe to the podcast any podcast app you can use you can find us on there and thanks as always to the fine folks at blue art for all they do and thank you as always for listening and we'll talk to you guys next time here on the establish the past podcast Let's tell you about our friends at Bet Online. The wait is over. Football is back. And while you may not be at a game this year, you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online going the extra mile to make sure you get in on every possible chance to win the season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. Plus, you can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. So head on over to Bet Online today. And take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget, use the promo code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's promo code BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts.